Yeah, I'd like a hot dog all the way, please. Coming up. Here you go. Thank you. Ew. What, what is this? That's a corn-based hot dog flavored tube shape thing. It's, uh, it's almost good. That'll be $4.50. You know what? No thanks. If almost good enough isn't good enough for you, why would it be good enough for your pet? Add kennel kelp to your furry friend's diet. Sprinkled on your pet's food, kennel kelp helps with arthritis pain and stiff joints. It can also reduce shedding, fill in missing areas, and improve their looks. Healthy pets show even more energy and have better attitudes. See results in four to eight weeks. The good news is, kennel kelp isn't just for pets. It's good for you, too. Sprinkle it on your cereal or use it instead of table salt when seasoning your food. Kennel kelp is the holistic care solution for pets and their people. Safe for dogs, cats, birds, cows, chickens, reptiles, almost anything that walks, flies, or slithers. It's a holistic health solution for humans, too. To learn about their many products, visit kennelkelp.com. Get kennel kelp for a happier, healthier life. Okay, welcome back to another edition of the BA Sales Kennel Help Holistic Healing Hour with your host and moderator, me, Grandpa Bill. Welcome one and all. We're here daily. We continue to grow invited audience, ubiquitous audience with your help by paying you forward. We grow exponentially. We appreciate that. We are growing. Continue to do so. Today we'll be here for oh, 30, 40 minutes. I like to try to keep them in that range. Gonna follow up from my YouTube video show that I did a little bit earlier. For however you come into these, I, those that are familiar, my two church mice, Peter and Paul, they're leaving the room. They've heard this <laughs> to nauseam, but you can always bounce back and forth when I do my YouTube shows. Those that might not yet be familiar, that's basically where I outline what I'm going to be talking about. All the way on the gamut through my three shows for upcoming guests, in-studio guests, their particulars, the subjects we'll be talking about, and then of course at the two business shows now very part-time, sharing、uh, potential marketing opportunities, more so main mentor moments in life now that I'm fully retired than in business, but we do both there and. It's always encompassing food for the mind, the body, and the soul. Today, I'm revisiting what I talked about over at the YouTube channel that I've talked about before: heritage, mine, my cities, and the influx of immigration to Portland, in specifically in a couple of instances, but mainly overall. I'm going to talk about two nationality income factions. Uh, not income. Excuse me. Two nationalities, immigration factors, infactions that came into the state heavily way back when. Irish and Italians. Future shows we'll get into the French and so on and so forth. They had a huge influx and a huge contribution to Portland Maine history and Maine history overall. So after a quick ten-second break, we're going to start out with some factoids about the Irish. We'll try to divide the show, you know, somewhat in half, if you will. And the second half will be about the Italian immigration to Portland. And we'll be right back and start out with the old mix. <laughs> and that would be when, yeah, you can call a generation a 
nationality, especially when you have at least a portion of that blood flowing through your own veins. Jokingly, the mix, the Irish, I'm part of, was more more heavy Scottish. So we'll be right back. Irish and Italians, they were discriminated heavily against in their own countries. Thus is why many of them wanted to come, and they most assuredly were in the time frames that they got here. All nationalities have had that.、Uh, that's the promise of the show. Appreciate your history. Know where you came from. If we're human, we've all been in the same melting pot. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back after the break, and let's dive right in and start out with the Irish faction of the influx to Maine. Back at the time, as it pertained to the mass migration of the influx of two factions today in today's show, that we'll be talking about both the Irish and the Italian, as I said in the opening. So the history: the first Irish immigrants actually arrived in Maine in the early 1700s, but the largest wave of Irish immigration actually occurred in the mid 19th century. This was due to a number of factors, including the Great Potato Famine, which we've talked about archivally, which devastated Ireland in the 1840s. Many Irish immigrants came to Maine. In search of a better life, fleeing poverty and hunger, Irish immigrants often faced discrimination and hardship in Maine. They were often seen as outsiders and were paid less than native-born Americans for the same work. Irish immigrants were also targets of anti-Catholic sentiment. In 1854. A mob burnt down a Catholic church in Bath, Maine. Despite the challenges they faced, the Irish immigrants made significant contributions to Maine. They worked on major infrastructure projects such as the Grand Trunk Railroad and the Cumberland and Oxford Canal. They also established businesses and helped to build the state's economy. Challenges? There were many. Irish immigrants faced a number of challenges in Maine, including discrimination. Irish immigrants often faced discrimination from native-born Americans. They were often seen again as outsiders, and again were paid less than native-born Americans for the same work. Anti-Catholic sentiment again was prevalent for sure. It was predominantly Protestant state in the 19th century. And there was a lot of anti-Catholic sentiment. This led to poverty. Many Irish immigrants arrived in Maine very poor to begin with. They had to work long hours in difficult conditions to make a living. The language barrier was an issue. Many Irish Im- immigrants didn't speak English. This made it difficult for them to find jobs and communicate with others. 
contributions. Despite the challenges that they faced, the Irish immediately made significant contributions in Maine. They worked in major infrastructure projects. Irish immigrants worked on a number of major infrastructure projects in Maine. Again, the aforementioned Grand Trunk Railroad and the Cumberland and Oxford Canal. These projects helped to develop the state's economy and transportation network, which established businesses. Irish immigrants established a number of businesses in Maine, including grocery stores, saloons, and construction companies. These businesses helped to create jobs and boost the state's economy. Contributed to the state's culture. Irish immigrants brought their culture and traditions to Maine. This can be seen in the state's food, music, and dance. Irish immigrants made a significant contribution to the state of Maine. They overcame many challenges to build a better life for themselves and their families. The legacy of the Irish immigrants can be seen in Maine's culture, economy, and infrastructure. As early as the 1830s, anti-Irish roots swelled, swept through Maine's towns. As early, that's right. As early as the 1830s, anti-Irish sentiment was on the rise in Maine towns. This was due to a number of factors that we said most of, but let's repeat them, including the increasing number of Irish immigrants arriving to the state. Religious prejudice against Catholics and economic competition. One of the most notable examples of Irish sentiment in Maine <clears throat> was back when the burning of a Catholic church in Bath, Maine, in 1854. A mob of several hundred people gathered. Outside the church and set it on fire. The fire destroyed the church and caused an estimated $100,000 in damage, a real lot of money in that in those days, would be millions equivalent to our dad dollar now when it had some value. Another example of anti-Irish settlement in Maine was the formation of the Know Nothing Party in the 1850s. The Know Nothings were a political party that opposed immigration and religious diversity, pretty much of any kind. They were particularly hostile to Irish Catholics. The Know Nothings gained a significant following in Maine and won control of the state legislature in 1854. They enacted a number of laws that discriminated against Irish immigrants. Such as a law that required immigrants to wait 21 years before they could become citizens, thus is pretty much the 21-year-old law of legal age. And there's another reason that we'll talk about at another show as well. But the establishment of quotation marks, 21 years of age, but this is 21 years pertinent to immigrants making them. Wait that long, whatever age they were coming in, before they could become citizens back then. So when they got here, two decades plus before they could become citizens, despite the anti-Irish settlement they faced, 
Irish immigrants made significant contributions to Maine again with major infrastructures aforementioned. They also established businesses and helped to build the state's capital. Today, the Irish diaspora, which is actually pertinent to the Jews, and it's their mass exodus back when, but the term in and of itself, the Irish's diaspora, if you will, is an important part of Maine's culture. Irish traditions are celebrated throughout the state, and there are many Irish American organizations. That are active in the community. It is important to remember the history of anti-Irish settlement in Maine, so that we can learn from the past and work to create a more inclusive and welcoming state for all people. The Know Nothing Party, also known as the American Party, was a nativist political party that emerged in the United States in the 1850s. The party was opposed to immigration and religious diversity, and it was particularly hostile to Irish Catholics. Again, recapping before we go to the Italians, the Know Nothings reign of power in Maine was short-lived. The party began to decline in the late 1850s, and it disappeared altogether by the early 1860s. However, the Know Nothing legacy. Of anti-Irish and anti-Catholic settlement continued to be felt in Maine for many years. A law that required immigrants to wait 21 years before they could become citizens. A law that prohibited foreigners from holding public office. A law that required public schools to use the Protestant Bible. A law that prohibited convents and monasteries from owning property. The Know Nothings also used intimidation and violence to suppress Irish and Catholic voters. And in 1854. As I said, a mob of Know Nothings burned down a Catholic church in Bath, Maine, and in 1855, a mob of Know Nothings attacked a Catholic procession in Bangor, Maine. The Know Nothings' reign of power in Maine was short-lived. The party began to decline in the late 1850s, and it disappeared altogether by the early 1860s. However, the Know Nothing's legacy of anti-Irish and anti-Catholic settlement continued to be felt in Maine for many years. The Know Nothing's impact on Maine in the 1830s was significant. The party's nativist and anti-Catholic rhetoric and policies created an ultimate fear and hostility for Irish immigrants and Catholics. This climate of fear and hostility made it difficult for Irish immigrants and Catholics to. Participate in civic life and to achieve economic success. The Know Nothing's impact on Maine was long-lasting, and the party enjoyed or legacy of anti-Irish and anti-Catholic sentiment continued to be felt for many years in Maine, even after the Know Nothing's disappeared. Irish immigrants and Catholics continued to face discrimination and prejudice in Maine. It's important to remember the history. Of the Know Nothings and the impact they had on Maine, this history remains and reminds us of the dangers of nativist and anti-immigrant sentiment to include today, for the most assuredly in Maine and around the world. It also reminds us of the importance of protecting the rights of all people, regardless of their religion or country of origin. Let's take a 10-second break. We'll come back and we'll do the same thing with the influx of. Italian and 
immigration to Maine and what they brought to the package, and what they had to go through in doing so, suffering their own discrimination. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back, and thanks for doing so. And let's delve into speaking and taking a look at the Italian immigration influx to Maine and how it began in the early 1800s. But the largest wave of Italian immigrants actually started arriving in bigger numbers in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And these immigrants came to Maine seeking a better life, fleeing poverty and economic hardship in Italy. Many Italian immigrants settled in Maine cities and towns such as Portland, Lewiston, Auburn, and Rumford. They worked in a variety of industries, including manufacturing, construction, and the fishing industry. Italian immigrants faced a number of challenges in Maine, including discrimination, language barriers, and poverty. However, they also made significant contributions to the state. They established businesses, they built churches, and founded community organizations. They also brought new culture and traditions to Maine, which can still be seen in the state's food, music, and festivals. Quickly, I've done series of pretty much only native Mainers and tourists and maybe New Englanders know about Italian sandwiches, and they were created in Portland, Maine, by the Amato family. <laughs> Just one case in point of the aforementioned Italian foods upon entry to the country back when. But here are some specific examples of the contributions that Italian immigrants also made to Maine. Italian immigrants helped build the state's infrastructure, working on projects such as the railroads and the canals, along with the Irish. In many cases, Italian immigrants established a number of successful businesses in Maine, like the aforementioned Amato's Italian sandwiches that still exist today. And、I think it's third generation, including grocery stores, bakeries, and restaurants. Italian immigrants founded a number of community organizations, such as the Italian Heritage Center here in Portland, Maine, and the Italian American Clubs of Portland. Both Italian immigrants brought their culture and traditions to Maine. Which can still be seen in the states, as I said, food, music, and festivals. The Irish have well representation with their own festivals, food, and music as well. Italian immigrants have played an important role in Maine's history and culture. They have overcome many challenges to build a better life for themselves and their families, and the legacy of Italian immigrants can be seen in Maine's cities and towns. Its businesses and organizations, and its food and culture. Today, Italian diaspora is an important part of Maine's community. There are many Italian American organizations that are active in the state, 
and Italian traditions are celebrated throughout the year. It's important to remember the history of the Irish and Italian immigrants. And I want to tell you a little bit more about the Italian immigrants. As I said earlier, the influx concentrated in the 1800s to 1900s span with the biggest concentration. In the latter part of the 1800s, early 1900s, and those immigrants came to Maine,、uh, you know, under poverty and economic hardship too. So that's the snippet for today, isolating Irish and Italian influence as the immigrants came to Maine and Portland and the state as a whole. We'll continue to look in future shows of French immigration when it happened and the influences that they brought to Portland, Greater Portland, Maine, Maine townships, and the other nationalities back when, up to and including all the way up to now, when refreshing the multitude of multicultures. That we have now, for all the aforementioned reasons, and from another show, that's the diversification moving forward. That in life and in business, it probably will be a prerequisite to be bilingual at minimum, possibly trilingual, quadlingual, what have you. I say that somewhat in jest, but I say it in true belief. Look at the influx of the multicultures we have now, and everybody came from somewhere and has heritage, and we've all been discriminated against as races and nation and nationalities during the history of this planet. More so now, at the precipice, it's a time. That we can change a lot of things for the better. Maybe we got the proverbial kick in the rear to wake us all up. More to come tomorrow. We'll say bye bye for now, and may God bless. Peace, everybody.